guys, Princess here, and welcome to another episode of Buy Pumpkin. I think this is episode 10. Um, feels like a long time since I talked to you guys, but it can't be because last week I forgot I had this podcast and I had to record it like in the middle of the night on Saturday night. And it's only Friday now. So why does it feel like such a long time? I don't know. Um, so just before we get started, let's take care of some show business. Well, first let's take care of some episode business. Right now, it is 75 degrees in my house. I am in Austin, Texas. It is January 10th. It's hot as balls in here, guys. And so I opened the window, so you you might hear like some noises from outside the window. Um, I do live in a construction site. <laughs> and so there might be some construction sounds or you might hear like wind or things like that. I apologize, but I can't do this unless I am sufficiently cooled down. And I'm not gonna turn on my air conditioning because I'm a broke bitch. And I'm do not, I I just can't live with myself if I pay for air conditioning in January. Now, I should accept I now live in Austin, Texas, but I feel like I'm a temperate weather girl, meaning I like it to be cool in the winter, cold even. I like a little snow even. I like it to be warm in the, as we get into the spring and then hot in the summer and then let that shit go as we hit the fall. That's what I like. Unfortunately, I foolishly moved to Austin, Texas. That's a lie. I kind of like it here. But the weather kills me. And the fact, and I just, as long as I possibly can be a person who doesn't pay for air conditioning in January, I want to be that person. So I'm sorry that the windows are open. Okay. Let's start there. Now, in terms of show business, I've gotten a lot of feedback about um, the fact that I'm not doing spelling tea anymore. And a lot of people understood like why I said I wasn't going to do it anymore. But they said they would miss all the personal stuff I used to do and all the bonus episodes I used to do on um, EBP. And so the thing is, is that like on spelling tea, I was mostly talking about Tori spelling. What's her brand? Being broke, being a mom, being in a a long-term marriage. And those are all things I have experience with. So it often made sense that I was talking a lot about about myself. And yeah, I could start every episode with 30 minutes off the top of me talking about pure and other nonsense that has nothing to do with whatever content I was exploring that week. But this podcast is a little different and it doesn't always make sense for me to be doing that. Um... So I also have another problem, and that is, is that Buy Pumpkin is a labor of love. I really just want to do it for myself and for the people who are enjoying what I'm putting out. But labors of love cost money. And so if you think about hosting, things like um, equipment, things like programs you have to use when you're recording with a guest, those things all cost money. Not a ton of money, but spiritually in my heart, I can't think that I'm going to pay money to have a podcast. Just doesn't seem like a thing for me. So I was thinking about how I could solve that problem. And I was thinking about the people who were having problems missing my bonus episodes and those type of, um, and personal stories and things. And I think we can solve each other's problems. I'm thinking about starting a Patreon for Buy Pumpkin and basically doing um, um, bonus episodes. So like 
if you really liked Buy Pumpkin, excuse me, if you really liked Princess Fix My Life, when I used to do those bonus episodes, I could maybe do one of those a month. Um, for right now, I was thinking like a bonus episode a month and to be a Patreon, you pay a dollar a month. So you pay a dollar and you get an extra episode, something that wouldn't go on the main feed. Yeah, that's pretty much what I'm thinking about doing. So mm, I think that can work out. And I think we can, we can solve each other's problems. So let's also talk about what's going to happen next. This is the last episode of the first season of Buy Pumpkin because Flavor of Love is over. So what's next? I'm supposed to do Breaking Bonaducci. Now, I love Breaking Bonaducci. Um, you can't get Breaking Bonaducci anywhere right now. It doesn't stream. Uh, you can't buy a DVD on, on Amazon. You just can't get it. The only way, the only reason I have it is someone sent me a Google Drive link and I was allowed to download it. Do I enjoy being a part of the illegal download industry? No, <laughs> it's, it's not my brand, but I'm also a firm believer that if the rules don't include me, then they don't fucking apply to me either. And that means that if, if you make it so that the only way I can get um, Breaking Bonaducci is to, you know, uh, to, to steal it, then what, then that's what I gotta do. That's what I fucking gotta do. And so I was thinking about the other people who don't have it and what I could do. I've decided to make a throwaway Gmail account and then I will upload it to my, um, to Google Drive. I will put the link in the show notes. And for as long as Google allows that to be there, because you know, sometimes they delete things for copyright infringement. As long as Google allows it to be there, you guys can download it. Now, listen, if the first day they're like, why are all these fucking people downloading this? We got to figure out what the fuck this is. And it's gone. Fuck, it's gone. Yeah, I hope you got it. So that's what I plan on doing. Um, yeah, anything else? Oh, next week I plan to take a break because what I want to do with Buy Pumpkin is I want to take a break between seasons. Um, actually, maybe I won't take a break. Maybe I'll do a bonus episode as kind of a thank you for everyone. You see how right, like right now I made a decision, but then like I'm erasing the decision and making another decision right now. This is what it's like to be around me all the time. Um, maybe what I'll do is I'll do a bonus episode as a like, thank you, as a palate cleanser, as a, as a thanks for rocking with me this first season when you didn't know what you were kind of getting. Maybe I'll do that. I don't really know. You know what? It's going to be a surprise. Look at your podcast uh, app next week and let me know what's there. And that, then we'll all know what happened. So yeah, I think that's pretty much it. Um, that's all the, oh yeah. If you have any, like, if you want to talk to me, if you have questions, uh, come over to buy pumpkin podcast on Instagram, make sure that you comment on the, my post, or you can send me a DM. I don't always get them cause they'll be in the like other folder. And I don't remember to, to check over there a lot because I am an old person and I don't always know what the fuck I'm doing on Instagram. So yeah, but you know, a comment or something, um, if you want to follow me on my personal accounts on Instagram and Twitter, you can follow me at OKVenPrincess. And I take DMs over there. Again, if it's in the others, I don't always get it. Um, but yeah, like you can tweet me. You can follow me there. I'm pretty boring. I am rewatching The Closer. And um, if you're here for all the Kiki Sedgwick uh, commentary, then that's where you need to be. But <laughs> those are great ways to get in contact with me. All right. I think that is all the show business at this point. And I think it's time we should get to the 
actual show, you know? So we've got a reunion. Guys, I don't like reunions. I don't know anybody who does like the reunions on reality TV shows. There's a lot of clip packages. And for me, it's a lot of like, dude, I saw this because I watched the show. I'm not tuning into the reunion. I haven't seen the show. Exception. When a lot of these Bravo shows now, which I'm not watching because I feel like it's same old, same old, or it's really boring. And I'm like, well, I don't have to watch 32 episodes of people doing nothing. I can just wait and watch two out of the three episodes of the reunion and then and and get all the highlights. But as for something like this, no, I wouldn't be just watching the reunion. And I just, it's a lot of filler. And so in theory, I don't like reunions. But there are some fun parts of this one. Let's start off with the host, Lala Anthony. Do you guys know who Lala Anthony is? You should. First of all, she was uh, engaged for like 105 years to Carmelo Anthony, right? They didn't get married for a really long time. Everyone says because Carmelo Anthony wouldn't marry her. I don't know if that's necessarily true. It sounds very misogynistic. It sounds like how every time we talk about Holly Berry, we talk about that she's been married a lot and she's been in these abusive relationships and it's just over and over and over again. Um, and something must be wrong with her, but I'm like, okay, well maybe she is, she does have a bad picker, but also people shouldn't beat her until she can't hear anymore. That's like, like if we're, if we need to point a finger at somebody who has something wrong with them, well, it's Wesley Snipes, right? You know what I'm saying? So, um, Balala Anthony, that she was engaged to Carmelo Anthony for a really long time. Um, I don't, it's for her name Vasquez, because I don't want to give the impression that uh, they're cousins and they got married. <laughs> but um, engaged to um, Carmelo for a long time. They finally got married. He high profile cheated on her over and over again. I think the last time he cheated on her was in 2019 on her birthday. She, he was, he was, uh, uh, he, someone took pictures of him on a boat rubbing some woman on her birthday like really he's real I mean I guess I mean there's rumors that they have an open relationship which is why she's still there but I don't know um Lala is on power which is one of my favorite shows and yes I'm ashamed of that but it is um she's a terrible actress but she was on power um she she does a lot of hosting things. I guess she started on MTV. She does a lot of hosting things. Oh, she was on the 90210 reboot, revival, whatever the fuck it was. She was Brian Austin Green's wife. And, you know, she's very, um, she's Kardashian adjacent. She was hanging out with Sierra and Kim and Larsa. And, um, so, it it goes without saying that this face that we're looking at right here on this reunion is not the face we can see in 2019, just so you know. I might put some side-by-side pictures of it. She's a beautiful woman. She's always been a beautiful woman, but she has definitely got a lot of body work. And I mean, the last season of Power 
when she would like turn around on screen, it would it looked like she was dragging an entire train behind her. She that caboose. And I was just like, you don't think you didn't think any of us would notice that big ass thing you dragging on the ground behind you, girl? That is not natural. But anyway, it's good to see Lala. Um, she's you know during this reunion, she's very um. How can I say? I want to say reserved. She's very reserved. She's very like, uh, what am I doing here? And she, she's standing up the whole time. That's weird. While Flav is sitting in a throne. That's weird. Um, she's got to be tired. And I remember in, it had to be season two. Season two's got Buck Wild on it, right? Season two of Flavor of Love has Buck Wild on it. And, um, when... New York comes out on season two. Sorry, sorry to spoil it for you. New York comes back into the competition on season two. And when New York comes out, Buck Wild throws her shoe and almost hits Lala. And Lala is basically like, stop this reunion. Stop, stop. Now, Buck Wild, you almost hit me. And we got a problem. It was very, it was very much like, um, they're paying me. I'm here for the bullshit. But hold up. Bet nobody hit me with a shoe. <laughs> it was very, I don't know, it was funny to me. So she introduces Flav. Flav comes out. First of all, he's wearing incredibly baggy clothes. He is swimming in these clothes. Flav is a small guy. He is not, I mean, he's he's what, when I used to live in Louisiana, what people would call Poe. And what it means is like, you just don't have any meat on your bones. Like, <laughs> Like you should think of like a baby bird. And when someone calls you Poe, it, it it's not like, ooh, bitch, you're so skinny. You look good. It's like, oh, you're so skinny you because you can't afford to feed yourself. Like, it's not a good thing. And 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 I think about that every time I see Flav. Um, so Flav is wearing, like I said, he's swimming in those clothes. He also has a goatee. A mustache and goatee that looks like he bought it from Party City during Halloween on sale. I don't, girl. So anyway, he comes running out. The audience, which is people giving who've gotten free tickets or casting. So it's a mix of that. And people who also came with the girls and stuff like that. It's a mix of that. You can tell because like they're doing shots of the, of the front row. And you're like, these people don't know who Flavor Flav are. These people is, excuse me. These people don't know who Flavor Flav is. And they're like screaming and stuff. Like, obviously they were told like, give a big, big, um, reaction to Flav coming out here. But it doesn't matter if it's fake or real because he is getting the applause of his lifetime. He comes out with these big flowers that um, I'm assuming he stole from the green room. He comes out and he's giving them to everybody in the uh, audience. I mean, he's out there so long. He's eating up all this love and, and adoration that Lala's like, Flav, you, you need to come over here. Flav, come back. I just feel like he's never received this type of like reception from anyone including when the first 20 girls were in the house and they were all running around vying for his attention these people i was about to say these people love flave but what i really mean is these people are acting as if they are they love flave so speaking of those 20 girls they bring out the first five chicks that 
went home. Because remember, the first night, five chicks went home. And then they also bring out the ones that left. They introduce all the first five. Then they introduce the next five. And the next five that went home the next episode. And they start giving us some clips. Some clips. Again, this is why I don't like reunions. It's all shit I already saw. Now, Georgia is talking. By the way, they're still talking to these girls with their slave names. They are not using their birth names, their government names. So Georgia is talking about how she believes that the, that the women he let go the first night were some of the realists. And I can see what she... Like, if we finish that thought, what I'm, what I feel like she's saying is like, hey, like, these were some of the realest girls. And the reason you didn't keep them is because they weren't all up in your face acting wild. You know what I mean? Like, they were like low key. These are some of the girls you really should have looked at instead of these ones that were like making a splash that night. And, um, you know, she gets some applause. Rain is there with her big teeth and her big mouth and her big voice. And she's still looking to get a date with Flav. She says that if it doesn't work out with hoops, he should call her. I I can't believe she was serious about that. After going through the show. But again, how long was she there? She was there for what, two days, three days? But I just feel like after going through the show, the aftermath and everything, like that she'd still be interested. Um... The next set of girls come out. So after this first 10 that like, whose names we don't even know really because remember they were gone in two episodes. The next set of girls comes out and Sirius comes out model walking, which everyone loves. Sweetie comes out and everyone, and everyone including Lala, Flay, and Sweetie says the word retarded 40 to 50 times. It is hard to listen to because I don't know. I got... I talked about it when she first said it. It's just not a word I hear anymore. And I get that she's trying to say it in her, in a Jersey accent to take it back. I don't know. I guess she's, but it's still, I was like, 2005 guys, 2006. This is what people were saying. Um, Flav says he wasn't offended when she said that he, he thinks that he too was tripping because he left, he let Sweetie go and he kept hiding in the house and he, that gets a standing ovation from the crowd. They tell Peaches that they know she's in show business and I'm like, what kind of show business was Peaches in? Was she like, oh, someone trying to get a recording artist? Wasn't she the one that was singing? Um, she's trying to get a recording deal? So they ask her, was she there to get like her popularity up, to get like her profile up? And she gives a very diplomatic answer that basically there's no one who doesn't go on the show hoping to get a little more popular, hoping to get a little more shine, hope. But she also really thought she could connect with Flav. And, you know, everyone's happy with that. I wonder if they asked these, they told the girls what questions they were going to ask them backstage. Like, if they were like, so we're going to ask you this, we're going to ask you that, um... Like, cause I'm sure they did like a little pre-interview where production or like PAs or whatever had to go to each girl and be like, so what about this? What about that? Let's see if there's anything they should mention on the show. Like, like if you like on Ray, uh, for the love of Ray J danger, when she came to the reunion was like six months pregnant and well, maybe she wasn't six months pregnant, but she was very pregnant to me. It seemed, even though the, the reunion is like three months after the show wraps. So like, I just was like, girl, you are extra, extra pregnant. How did you get pregnant in that three months and look like that? And 
so, but I can see the, someone being assigned to call danger and say, okay, reunions on this day, blah, blah, blah. Um, you come here and da, 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 this is where we'll pick you up or whatever they tell them. You know, I'm sure they have to make travel arrangements. And then also the PA is like, so what's changed? How do you feel? Um, and like some people are going to be like, well, well, I finally got my divorce or blah, blah, blah. And danger is like, yeah, I'm pregnant. I'm sure that like those interviews happen. So maybe it helped, maybe it gives them a heads up of like what to say or kind of what they're going to ask them on the stage. I know that when I do panels for conferences or when I have to ask questions of sources for magazine articles, I mean, the truth is guys, I'm not Rowan Farrell. Like when I write stuff, I'm not, I'm not like, gotcha. It's not what I'm doing. A lot of times when I'm writing profiles, I'm, the profile will be positive. There is no question about it. Like if they say something negative, I will take it out. Like I was doing a profile for someone and it was for a trade mag. And she had some really deep stuff in there. And she talked a lot about her sexual assault and everything. And my editor was like, yeah, you can't put anything about that sexual assault in this. And to be honest, she was creating like women's conferences uh, for um, women's empowerment conferences. So I thought the way I put it in there was like, like, this is why she's doing women's empowerment and con um, conferences. So, like, I mean, it wasn't like I was just, like, you know, randomly throwing it in there. But he was like, no, you, you can't mention a sexual assault in this profile in any way, shape, or form. I don't care what she said. And I did have to tell her that. I mean, she wasn't that happy with the profile, to be honest. And with a lot of trade magazines, the fact is, like, um, most of the people who read those magazines are in the trade. That's why they call them trade magazines. But, um... Advertising means a lot. Um, so like if someone, it's not like if I, I mean, I don't write for the Washington Post. Um, it's not that fucking serious. And so like if somebody calls up and is like, I did not say that. Or, and I always record people when I do interviews or I send them the, the stuff by email so I can have it in writing. The response is in writing. So like you did say that, but okay. And they could be like, I don't want to say, I don't want, I don't want that. I don't want myself no being saying that. So they'll take it out of the digital edition. No questions asked. Like that's the type of stuff I write for. Don't get, don't like get it twisted. But so because I am looking for a good interview, I'm looking for a good profile. I want you to put your best foot forward and give me good information. Even if we're going to do it by, um, phone and I'm going to record it, I'm still going to email you the questions ahead of time. So you have some time to like, most people, most of the people, type of people I interview are not like professionals at it, you know? Um, most of them don't, um, most of them don't like have media training. They're just business owners, you know? That's why I'm talking to them because they're business owners or, or they're the diversity inclusion officer for a really big um, healthcare company and I want to talk to them about their job. So like let, instead of like asking them things on the spot, which they may not have like a good answer for, I'll send it to them by email so they can look it over. They can also, sometimes they need to talk to legal at their company, like all that kind of shit. And I prefer people get sent it by email back because 
when the people write things down, they give me complete sentences. And also they can go through legal and stuff like that. I don't know how I started talking about, oh, I was saying that if I want, like if I were on a show, for a show like this, like maybe there's a question that I'm gonna ask them that I don't tell them. But for a lot of stuff like, like basic things, like what have you been doing since the show? I'm gonna be, I'm gonna tell them, I'm gonna ask them that so they can like be thinking about that shit. So when I'm not sitting on the stage and they're going, uh, 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 like, you know what I mean? Um, they moved to Sirius and Sirius has to answer a question about whether she was there for her modeling career. And she gives a very memorable answer. I've never forgotten this before, forgotten this part of the reunion in all the years I've watched this. And she basically says that there's a difference between aspiring professional and she's a professional model. She gets jobs. And I mean, that's believable to me. I think a lot of people think that if you're a model, you must be Either you're Naomi Campbell or Gigi Hadid, or I mean, or you're that type of model, or you're not a model at all. And that's not true. You could probably, like, like someone could be a musician and you never heard of them. You know, like they could be in a band and you don't know them because they play local gigs and they play the tri-state area and they go on a small tour every summer but they make their, and maybe they're not really, they're not driving a Bentley, they they live a very normal life, but they live a life as a musician, just not a famous one. And so I can see Sirius making a living as a model, catalog stuff, um, car shows, I can see, men's magazines, I can see her working as a model. Um, but she, when she said that she can get jobs, she can't get a date. And if she wanted a job, she would have gone on America's Next Top Model. And that immediately made me start thinking like, I could pick a really good season of America Top, America's Next Top Model and do a season of Buy Pumpkin on it. I really could. They're not the later ones, not the later ones, it's got to be real trash. The older ones, I'd love to do the season with Eva the Diva because I really liked Eva. Uh, there's a girl in there named Yaya who I adored. Um, just like some, you know, I'd have to do the first season. I'd have to do the first season because I need to talk about what that season looks like as compared to the latter ones. Because on that first season, the girls looked a lot different. And, I, and I'd and i want to get in Adrian Curry. Anyway, anyway, anyway. I really need to make a list of shows that I want to touch on on Buy Pumpkin because lots of times I'll be watching something and I'll be like, oh my God, I would love to talk about the band. MTV's making the band. <laughs> I love to talk about making the band with Danny Kane. I'd love to. I'd love to revisit that shit. I'd love to. But some of these things are like going out of my head and stuff. But um, I need to make a list. So next we have Red Oyster. She comes out with a riding crop. I think it's the same one she had on day one. They ask her why was her business a tattle. The girls are pissed, by the way. They hate Red Oyster, which makes sense. You would hate Red Oyster if... Because keep in mind, like I keep saying, you're spending more time with the other contestants than you are with Flav. There's a lot of hurry up and wait going on. So like they are talking to each other. And if you've never been on a reality TV show like that or you don't have that type of mind... I can see how you'd be like getting ready and you'd just be like, yeah, girl, I've been through it with men and you know, I just broke up with my 
husband, you know, recently and someone girls, girl, how recently? And you'd be like, girl, a week. And like, I can see how, especially for, I don't want to say weak, but more like, um, more trusting types, how you would, how, how, how you would start to think of yourself in a sorority instead of thinking of yourself in a competition. And so, yeah, I can see why they're mad, but I can also see why Red Oyster is like, I don't give a fuck, bitch. Uh, <laughs> because this is a competition. So, I mean, she says she'd rather be someone who says the truth too many times than a liar. She gets into an argument with some of the other girls on the stage. Flav defends her. Rain stands up and screams that it's intentions that matter. That Red Oyster is telling Flav things for herself, not because she cares about Flav. And I guess that's a good point, too, because I think Flav would spin it so that, like, Red Oyster's here for me, so she wants me to know about the other girls. But that's absolutely not true. That's absolutely not true. Um, and then Lala says that production found out some stuff about Red Oyster. And it turns out she was married the whole time. <sighs> Guys, of course they knew she was married. They knew she was married the first time. Like when she started. They knew she was married then. I bet, though, they kept it in their back pocket and they wanted to use it. Like, you know, as a drama starter later on, they were like, okay, well, if... Nothing's really going on. We'll tell Flav Red Oyster's married. Much like Hottie. I knew, knew Hottie was on blind date from the beginning. In fact, I wouldn't be so... They knew about Pumpkin too because wouldn't it make sense that when you go through the application process, they ask you what other shows have you been on? Of course they ask you if you've been on any other reality show. Of course they do. And I don't see Hottie lying about it. I don't see Pumpkin lying about it. The fact is, is that she was she admitted it very casually on the fucking show. So, and I bet the reason she admitted casually because she's already had this conversation with production when she was being cast. So, I mean, basically everyone's like, what? What? Oh, you can't believe you were married. Rain screaming. Sirius is like doing a cough slash bullshit. You know, like, <laughs> bullshit like like that like this is your earth science your ninth grade earth science class and there's a substitute and you want to be bad <laughs> and then georgia says says she bets flav won't take uh red oysters whip and whip her ass i don't know it just they definitely those 10 girls that went home pretty early well, it's not even the 10 girls because as each group of girls comes on, they move them to the back, okay, uh, between um, segments. So it's starting to feel like they're the peanut gallery because they're all, like, talking over um, Red Oyster and Flav. I mean, Flav just says that um, he wishes she told them. And I, I mean, what are we going to say to that? So next we get a package about Hottie and Smiley. Both of them come out in lingerie. Um, obviously, Smiley looks better in it. Smiley is a very, very beautiful woman. Um, I, I thought Hottie looked good too. She looked like she lost a bit of weight. Um, again, I remember watching the show the first time and thinking Hottie was plus sized. And now, I don't know that she is. I would be shocked if she was like more than a 10. I would be shocked. I don't know. So Lala says that, so this is where Lala says that Smiley moved into the house a week after ending a four-year marriage. 
And I'm shocked. I don't remember them saying that during the show. Did I miss that? Have I forgotten that? Because that doesn't make any sense to me. It takes longer than a week to do the psychological and the background check. What do you mean a week before anything? Are you telling me that you were still married and still like in a relationship and then went to try out for Flavor of Love? Or when they say ending it, do they mean they were broken up, they were effectively broken up, they were still doing back and forth stuff and it was over, over, like seriously, we're filing for divorce a week before the show starts. Even that makes me feel iffy. I'm like, how are we gonna get back together if you're like going on a show to get love? That, I mean, Smiley says that the show made her stronger and she's single and proud and ready to move on. There's a lot of cheers for her. I'm sure that Hottie has been, um, Smiley has been single maybe four hours of her entire life. She seems like someone who's very codependent. She seems like a very beautiful girl who doesn't really have a problem meeting men, but she seems like she always ends up with some guy that, um, the type of guy that seeks out I don't want to say broken because I don't, I'm not, I don't think of her as broken, but seeks out women with insecurities and plays on them. So the, so he's got a lot of beautiful women around him, but they're always fucked. Like, there's just a lot of shit going on. I, this is random, but I was looking, guys, I didn't know what Logan Paul looked like. I'm not a YouTube queen. Actually, let me take that back. I am a YouTube queen, but very specific YouTubes. I watch a lot of recaps on YouTubes on YouTube's, on YouTube, I watch um, a lot of hair videos on YouTube. It's not, I don't, I don't do that. I don't do that part of YouTube. So I saw a picture of Logan Paul and I was like, okay, I see what this is here. And I was just thinking, wow, what if I was a type of person that Logan Paul was my type? That type of dude was my type. And I just kept finding myself in lust, in crush, in love with that type of dude over and over again. I, I guess I'd be celibate because the idea of me chasing some douchebag around all the time and him like kind of like, like pushing me off and, you know, just treating me badly and cheating on me all the time and, I don't know. He looks like the villain in an 80s movie. Like, Revenge of the Nerds. He could be the villain. <laughs> but yeah, imagine that being my type. Imagine. Um, I bet that's Smiley's type. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, she, she, she says she's in a good place. Flav greets Hottie warmly. And I thought that was interesting. And she tells him that she is the most qualified to be his woman because they are in the same business. She would help him grow his celebrity in his business. He tells her that if he had known what was going on, he wasn't there. Basically the, my man, my house, get out type thing. Like if he had known that he would have, she would have been out like first day. Um, he also says that if she wanted to turn New York's room into a study, she should study how to make chicken. Then he falls out of the chair and cause he's remembering her and he's like kind of just laying on the floor laughing. He's like, she cooked the chicken for 20 seconds and tried to serve it to his mother. Then he gets very serious. Flame throughout this whole thing is very much like laughing and doing all kinds of crazy stuff. And then 
very, very serious all of a sudden. And I don't know, I don't know if this is chemical. I don't know if this is body chemistry doing this shit. Like, I'm thinking like uh, some disorder. I don't know if he's, if it's cocaine. It could be a combination of them, actually. But it's, I don't know if he's just hyped on all this. Like, like he's playing a character and he's hyped up right now. But he did a lot of swinging back and forth from laughter to very seriousness. And he seemed to be having a time of his fucking life. Um, I'm going to talk about that more when we get to uh, Pumpkin in New York. So, but he gets very serious and he asks her, were you serious with that? You weren't serious with that. And Heidi says she thought the chicken button on the microwave was for cooking chicken. But later someone told her it was for defrosting chicken. Okay, I don't know. Okay, then, then explain. Who told you that putting marshmallows and carrots on a chicken were okay? Whatever. And he starts singing the Scarecrow song from The Wizard of Oz about how if only Hottie had a brain, which the crowd really liked. But I found I'm like that's rich coming from you. I don't know why it was so, it grated on me so much. I didn't like it. It was so hypocritical. I just hate how he's like, how do you're stupid? When I know for a fact Flav can barely read. I know that for a fucking fact. Like Flav is no Rhodes Scholar, okay? And so like him sitting on that stage calling her stupid, like maybe she is stupid, but so are you Flav. You're stupid as fuck. So the two, you two stupid people should band together and help each other out to the, instead of instead of tearing each other down. Also, if I asked Flav to make some chicken, what would it be like? What would I get from him? Maybe he wouldn't put marshmallows and carrots on it, but I don't know if it'd be edible. I'm just saying, like, I hate when people down people for, for not being able to do some shit that they can't fucking do. So now it's our girl Goldie's chance. You know, I'm always happy to see Goldie. Now Goldie comes out in a striped button-down shirt that's like pink and blue and white and brown. Like it's a bunch of like colors on it and then some matching hot pink pants. And she looks like she's at her first day at a call center, maybe an insurance office when she's been waiting tables all her life and they told her to dress business casual and she thinks like this is what you wear to a job for business casual. Um, This is what you wear to a job where you don't have to wear an apron and a name tag. And, you know, give it six months and she'll calm down a bit. She won't be wearing these bright-ass outfits uh, looking like she came straight from the fucking rainbow. Um, what I'm saying here is that I own that fucking outfit in, like, 2000 when I first got my first job at a call center after waiting tables forever. And maybe a couple of years later when I got my first job selling insurance. <laughs> I've been there. I've been there. <laughs> I think it's so interesting so apparently they tell the girls to wear whatever they wanted. And most of the girls are like in their best. I don't know. They're ranged from like, I'm going to a club, like Smiley and Heidi are straight up wearing lingerie. They range from I'm going to the Playboy Mansion on anybody can get in day <laughs> to um, I'm going to be on the evening news to what Hottie is wearing, which is, like I said, um, I need to be at the call center at nine, but I got to get off by three to get my kid from daycare. Like, that's what she looks like. <laughs> and it's, it just reiterates why I love Goldie. 
Because I'm like, oh, what the fuck are you doing here, man? I'm glad you're here, but what the fuck are you doing here? So, I'm also not sure why Gold... If you guys watch RuPaul's Drag Race, you know World of Wonder produces... They own the show, and they pay RuPaul to host it, even though his name's on it. They've been producing his shit since... Since way before. They were producing his albums before they started... Before they got in the TV business with him. And... um. So, what they do when they like someone, a standout character on the show who doesn't necessarily win, is they give them a WoW Presents, World of Wonder Presents YouTube show, like an Alyssa Secret, or, uh, that's, um, Trixie and Katya had a show together, because they were standouts, and I feel like if we were doing the same model with flavor of love Coldy would certainly have gotten a youtube show i don't know what they would have done maybe they would have cooked with her maybe they would have had her interview people on the street like uh that one guy i've forgotten his name right now maybe i mean she did get some hosting gigs out of this and they are talking about her being a comedian now doing some stand-up and stuff but like hmm i could see goldie getting like a youtube little show like that and her still being famous today, but we kind of forgot why she's why she's famous. Like she'd be hosting the Love and Hip Hop reunion, works, <laughs> shit like that, and we'd always be like, and we'd always be like, oh yeah, there's Goldie. Shit, wasn't Goldie on Flavor of Love? Like that's I can see that totally happening. So anyway, she comes out. Flav runs up to her and calls her name and they hug each other and dance and do the It's Flav and Goldie song. And I am like thrilled through the whole thing. I don't know why I really like Goldie. Maybe because I feel like I have a lot in common with her. Maybe because I too am a loud, large woman. I don't know. But I really enjoy her. Um, You know, so she comes out and she talks about throwing up and she tells Cherries that she wants Cherries to keep her name out of her mouth. And the reason she says that is because Cherries was the one that, when she was going home, was like, I can't believe I'm going home. And he kept that girl who threw up, and that be. And so Cherries wants to get up and confront her. Cherries is also wearing, like, lingerie or a maid's, a French maid's outfit. I'm not sure. I'm not sure what she's wearing. And so she gets up, and she wants to go confront Goldie, and Sweetie's in her way, and is like, you're not going to talk to Goldie like that, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, Sweetie, you just want a few more minutes on camera, whatever. And Cherries ends up back in her seat because um, cause, cause, uh, security makes her go back. Now we get Pumpkin in New York. We get several clips of them arguing and calling each other trannies and transvestites and saying they tuck their dicks behind their balls. And New York comes out first. I don't bring them out at the same time, obviously. But New York comes out first. And like Flav, she is really feeling herself. She's dressed in all black pants and a bustier at the top. But it's like a bustier pants suit. It's very interesting. But she looks great. You can see she stopped eating. She she looks amazing. Um, she's much slimmer. The crowd goes crazy. And she is eating the shit up. And the girls on stage boo, hiss, and roll their eyes. And she's like, you either love New York or you hate New York. And she says she has no regrets and she was only there for Flav. So then Cherries has something to say again. And New York kind of goes at her and imitates her. And she pulls back her hair and does this chicken neck thing. And she says that didn't Cherries go home on the first night? Wasn't there a reason for that? And Cherry gets up to confront her. And the crowd starts yelling for her to sit down. And New York doesn't even know who they're yelling at. And she was like, 
her, right? Not me. You don't want me to sit down, do you? And there's security everywhere. And so because this is the second time Cherries has, like, gotten up to confront someone, security takes her off the, the stage, and the crowd screams, and New York is screaming, and your mama too, as Cherries has been taken off. Like, this is the most we've seen of Cherries in the whole fucking show. So when all that's over, New York does some like breathing exercise. You have to watch it. She does this breathing. Like she's like, <sighs> she's like fanning herself. And then she gives a little jive, little move to the audience and says, y'all feel me. <laughs> like she's, I, does she know that she's, no, she didn't. Maybe she doesn't know she's getting I Love New York. Maybe she doesn't. Maybe she just knows there's going to be a second season. And they've already told her that she can come on it. I don't know, but she is feeling herself and this whole thing is giving me like Jerry Springer Maury Povich vibes I remember I'd never seen Jerry Springer before and then we had like some snow days I um went to high school in Virginia uh beach and well Norfolk but um in that area and we didn't really get snow (laughs) it's coastal you don't you don't get a lot of snow there and um so we were out of school for like fucking five days and there was literally nothing to do except for watch TV. And I was, and I had my first taste of Jerry Springer. And I remember going back to school. I was like a junior or something. And I was going back to school. And it's all anybody was talking about. Because it's all we were fucking watching. And it gave me that vibe. Um, so now let's get to the spit. They show us the entire thing, of course, because they want to make sure we see it. Again, we watch her spit on New York. And then we watch her bowl new uh, pumpkin right into the fucking camera and hit the camera. And then Pumpkin comes out. And they have her sit on... So they have New York and Pumpkin sitting next to each other in chairs on the stage. And they have Big Rick in between there. As if he's security. Now... Let's talk about Big Rick. I don't know that Big Rick is really security for anybody. I think he's just big. Which is different. You can be big. That doesn't mean that you're like... Security type. But I guess they trust Big Rick. So they've got him in between the two girls. Pumpkin comes out and says, New York is sitting there. She is like shaking. And New York says she's been on pause, but she finna play. <laughs> she says she's been on pause, but she finna press play. And Lala should ask that bitch what she got to ask her so before she whoop her ass. So <laughs> Lala asks Pumpkin the question she's got in the car. And Pumpkin says she doesn't care about how New York feels. Basically, she doesn't care about being there. She's over the whole thing. Like, she doesn't care. And when she's done asking Pumpkin the question, Pumpkin's done answering, New York is like, Lala, you got any more questions? You got any more questions? And Lala's like, um, I don't think so. So New York stands up holding her best friend, her hair. Remember, her best friend is her hair. And her weave. And so she walks over to Pumpkin. And Big Rick tries to stop her, but she's being calm. So she's like, no, let me talk, let me talk, let me talk. So she stands in front of Pumpkin. And the audience starts telling her to spit on her. (laughs) And I'm like, I would love to be in the audience (laughs) of this show and just be sitting next to someone who's yelling, spit on her! Spit! (laughs) I just love the idea of me being in a public place where someone's screaming for someone else to spit on someone. (sighs) So New York's like, no, I'm a lady. I'm not going to spit on her. But I am 
gonna bitch slap her. And then she swings on her. Like a wide swing. She was never gonna connect that shit. Um, if she really was gonna hit her, she... I don't know. She should have telegraphed it like that. And security and Big Rick and everybody's grabbing her. And, I mean, Pumpkin's running. Let me tell you what. Pumpkin needs to run fucking track. Because that bitch know how to get gone, okay? <laughs> I guess she feels like... I guess she feels like, you know, she got me once. I got to be faster from now on. So she's out. She's running. And, you know, I'm just screaming and trying to get to her. And, you know, security's moving her around. And Lala's like, obviously, we can't have them on. We're not going to let them hit each other. So they decide to give each girl 30 seconds to say what they want to say without fighting. And they put these, like, I want to say people's court, but, like, it's not the people's court. It's like a stand, sort of. It reminded me of being on the debate team where you have like a podium, but they're like gray and they're supposed to look like stone, but they're obviously not. They're probably made out of fucking styrofoam. And so they have each girl stand at one and um, they let Pumpkin go first. And Pumpkin says, let me make sure I get what she says. First of all, before they start, Flav jumps in between the two of them and goes, I just want you to know I love you both. And the way he looks so fucking happy. Like, look at these bitches fighting over me. Look at these bitches fighting over me. Flav is having the fucking time of his life. All right. So Pumpkin says, when they're like, Pumpkin, you have 30 seconds to say what you need to say to New York. Pumpkin says she's glad New York finally got castrated. (sighs) Deep sigh. And that she's glad New York lives on the other side of the world from her. And that she didn't get a facelift because she doesn't need one. And she has nothing else to say because she said it a hundred times before. And when it's New York's turn, they set the timer for 30 minutes. And New York grabs the styrofoam stand, whatever that shit is, throws it and lunges at Pumpkin. And Pumpkin runs off the fucking stage again. Well, she runs to the back where all the girls are and is kind of like hiding in with them. And New York is being carried by Big Rick. Her titties fall out. (laughs) There are some shots of Pumpkin saying she didn't sign him up to come on Jerry Springer. And they took her pepper spray away from her at security. And New York is being held down by Big Rick and breathing on hard. And she looks sedated. Her eyes look like her eyes are up in the back of her fucking head. And she's saying she's loving Flav right now. That's all. I'm loving Flav right now. And I'm like, girl, are you on something? So they're like done with that because it's just not going to, you know. New York has promised her an ass whooping. <laughs> and she made, she aims to deliver. So Hoops comes out. As they intro the, her, her, there's a little shot of Big Rick rubbing New York's arm the way I do when my kids are mad at life. One of my kids, <laughs> not too long ago, like he was having just a really rough day. And um, he's adopted. And he was just talking about how he doesn't have anywhere to go. And if he did, he'd just go somewhere else because he needs a new family. And we were just talking about it. And I was talking to him and he was just like, I just, mommy, I just want to do what I want to do when I want to do it. And I was like, oh, good. You figured out the, like, the human condition. Like, we all, like, same, baby, same. We all want to do what we want to do when we want to do it. Very few of us get to do that all the time unless we're, like, a rich white guy. But other than that, all the rest of us have to make compromises, And so, like, you figured out the human condition. This is what it's going to be like for the rest of your life. And, I mean, I didn't, like, you know, I didn't want to, like, 
I didn't want him to jump off a fucking building. I didn't want to tell him all the bad stuff at once. But like I was like rubbing him in the same way that he was that Big Rick was rubbing New York. Like, oh baby, baby. Oof. This is just the beginning. <laughs> I just thought that was cute. Um so they give hoops and flavor package and uh, about like how like they do a package, like they do a, a package of clips for them where they just show them kissing and their, their connections and stuff. And she finally comes out. She looks great. I mean, she really does look the same, except she's got a weave, but she looks great. And she's apparently, it's apparently been three months. It's been three months since filming. And the two of them have not really seen each other. They've talked on the phone and they are, okay. So I do want to say there seems to be a lot of love between them. And like, I wish there was a better way for me to say that, but they are holding hands and interacting with each other and holding each other and hugging each other and smiling at each other and talking to each other like exes that don't have any hard feelings. Like, I still care about you and everything. We're just not going to be together. And so there's a lot of like touching and stuff. Again, Hoops touched... Flav more than a lot of the other girls and she seemed at home with it and they're talking about how they how they realize it's like that but it's not like that and what I interpret that to mean is that Hoops does think Flav is funny she can put her lips on him but the question is am I going to be dating Flav or Flav and the answer is no and he's like, you know, I just want to want more time for me. And I don't know what that means. I really don't know what that means. Like, Hoops was too busy to talk to you on the phone. I don't know. But, you know, there's still a lot of love there, but they're not going to be together, which is makes all the fucking sense in the world. And as soon as they, like, this is not a compatible real relationship. It just isn't. And as soon as Hoop says that, New York comes to life off to the side. And she's been rocking back and forth, looking sedated. And Big Rick has been rubbing her. And she, and now she's like, I knew it. New York knew it. I saw chemistry, but it wasn't like that. And Hoops is like, this bitch. And she's trying to ignore her. And New York is like, those were your words. I'm agreeing with you. What do you want? And now, New York, like, guys, New York is so fucking crazy. Like, I fully admit that. Like, I know she's like one of my top 10 bad bitches of the world, but I I can admit she's acting crazy right here. But I understand why she's acting crazy because as much as uh, I feel like much of what she did was an act was like, produ- like pushed by producers and um, guided and stuff. The fact is she is committed to this in a way that I don't think a lot of those girls were. And she's think, looking at Hoops like, yeah, it wasn't like that the whole fucking time. And she's thinking that if I was in Hoops' place, I'd come out here three months fucking pregnant. Three, what The show ended three months ago, I'd already be pregnant. And I'd be here and I'd be loving on my man. And I'd be like, like, she's like, it was a waste. But the thing is, New York, he wanted Hoops over you. I don't know that he would have picked you if he would have known it would have still went this way. I don't know that he would have still picked you because part New York is a little too available. How can I say that? She's just somebody who 
when you make yourself a sure thing for anybody, for any reason, they sort of take you for granted. And New York was always his sure, sure, sure thing. And Hoops seemed like he had to work a little bit for her. It's very different. Um, so, let's see. We're near the end here. And... I cannot get over how committed New York is. I, guys, you should know I'm a commitment phobe. And I know that sounds crazy considering what you know about my life, but I am somebody who all my life, when things got tough, I'd just be like, oh, I'm not gonna do this anymore then. I'll just leave. I'll just go somewhere else. And maybe that comes from like growing up as a military kid and we would leave all the time. And I just, I could just, like, if I didn't like someone, I could be like, you know, in six months, I'll never see your ass again. Like, I just... I, I feel like a lot of stuff, good stuff came from me for, um, from being a military kid that moved around a lot and that I like, I'm, I can be very compartmentalized with things. I can just be like, okay, and that is the end of that and off we go. I can also, like, people are always shocked. I, you know, I'm an introvert, but I, and I have all these introvert friends and they'll be like, princess, like you just went over to that person and told, and said, hi, my name is princess. And I was like, yeah, that's how you introduce yourself to people. And they're like really shocked that I can do that. Well, I got a lot of practice. I just, I would have to show up places and go, hi, my name is Princess and figure out a way to connect with this person and just move forward. And that's what I do. I move forward from things. But also a lack of commitment is something that, that I've struggled with throughout lots of years. For a long time, I lived in such a way that I lived in a way that I could just put everything I own into my little Honda Civic, my dog, my laptop, after a while, my husband, and I could just like be on to the next place. I could just be across the country in a little bit. That's what I wanted to do. And it just got to the point, like I would say the hardest part of being married is that I can't just be like, if you won't do this, I'm going to leave right now. I mean, I can, but like, am I really gonna leave somebody because they ate the last piece of cheese. Yeah, I almost did one time. But, and so I've kind of lived my life of being like, if I don't like what you're doing, I'll just leave. And so this level of commitment from New York, this way that she just looks at this person and being like, bam, that's it. That whatever I gotta do, however I gotta do it, that's that, like, that is very foreign to me. And much like, I don't know, Tall people, people who can braid their own hair, all that shit, like stuff I can't do. I'm like, wow, how'd you learn how to do that? How'd you learn how to just like fucking commit to something and just be like, that's mine. That's I'm here and I'm hella high water, however, whatever I got to go through. I'm just like really impressed by that. And I know I shouldn't be because she's a crazy person. She is a fucking crazy person. All right, so Hoops and her go back and forth, and Hoops says she's talking because she has Big Rick holding her, and I really believe that. I think Hoops would give New York those hands. I really think Hoops would give New York those fucking hands. I <laughs> I, th- I, think Hoops is from Detroit. <laughs> she's from Detroit. She is stacked. <laughs> she like she works out. She looks like she ain't got no problems uh, boxing it out. <laughs> so... <laughs> Um, at this point, Lala asked, um, Flav, like, 
you know, you came here to find love and it didn't work out. So would you do this again? And he's like, yeah, I would do it again. And like, obviously, I think they already know that Flavor of Love 2 is gone. They probably already got it greenlit. And they give us a, like, I'm like kind of fondly remember Flavor of Love 2 because this episode was not even all the way off before Hulu started playing previews for Flavor of Love 2. And, like, I saw Toasty. (laughs) Toasty got really drunk the first night. Like, really drunk. I think she wasn't even... I think she she passed out and slept through elimination. (laughs) Um, And I remember Toasty, they found, or they already knew, production knew when they cast her, that she had done some, like, softcore porn. Or not even softcore, but she'd done some, like, minor pornography. And that was a thing. And Flav asked her about it and she lied about it. But she told this girl named Nibbles. Now, Flav named a girl Nibbles and she had a speech impediment. So every time she said her own name, it sounded like nipples. And then she never wore a bra and her nipples were always out. And she'd just be like, hey, it's nipples. <laughs> but anyway, her and she told Nipples about it. And then Toasty said some shit about uh, nipples. And <laughs> Nipples was like, I don't know why Toasty's acting like that when she done told me all her little business. And she ends up telling Flav, like, I'm remembering Flavor of Love too fondly, but I'm also happy that I do not have to like move into that because it's hard watching Flav. It's it's hard watching him because there are times when I feel bad for him because I feel like he's an illiterate drug addict um, who could be like any one of my fucking uncles. Um, I also find him to be disgusting a lot of times and I find that I find it's hard for me to watch him ask for all these things for these women like you need to bring this to the table bring that to the table and like he doesn't bring shit to the table all he brings to the table is a fucking clock and that really bothers me um the misogyny bothers me uh it was nice to take a take a um I walked down memory lane, obviously, but I was, but I'm seeing stuff I didn't see before because I'm not the same person I was in 2006. I'm just not. So I'm seeing it in a different way. Um, so I'm happy I don't have to go on a flavor of love too, even though I'm remembering it fondly. Um, anything else? I guess, I guess, you know, I'd say I hate reunions. But I really enjoyed watching this one. Um, I felt like enough stuff happened that I was like, oh, okay, and this, and that. And, and I wasn't bored the whole way through. I really like that they call it Reunited. <laughs> because it reminds me of that song, Reunited, and it feels so good. <laughs> and yeah, that's it. So listen, I don't know what's going to happen next week. I, I know I'm not going to start breaking Bonaduce, but maybe I'll do a bonus episode and to say thank you to you guys, or maybe it'll it'll be it'll be crickets. I don't know. And after that, we'll start breaking Bonaduce. And you guys make sure you look out for that first episode and look in the show notes for a download link to find um, a Google Drive where you can download all the episodes for as long as Google lets me do it. Okay. All right. Until then, guys. Bye.